0: Good afternoon, church family. Welcome to Midweek Manna for this afternoon. It is good to be with you. We were going to finish up on this last segment in our chapter, Rebecca, for this afternoon. The mothers and daughters of the Bible speak. Uh, So, we're going to get into the 33rd chapter in the book of Genesis in just a moment but I do want to offer a word of prayer for us as we begin so let's let's go to the Lord Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, as we walk with you, Lord, as we wrestle with you, as we find victory in you, O God, uh, we seek you, Lord, in in all that we do. We cannot live life to the fullest uh, without you, O God. So, uh, with your word, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer, Lord, as our spiritual armor Guide us always, Lord, that leads to salvation that is in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read uh, Genesis 33, verses 1 through 4, and then what I'm going to do is jump to verses 8 And 9. Jacob uh, and Esau meet as kind of concluding this uh, particular chapter with with Rebekah. Hear these words. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants, and he put the maidservants and their children in front. Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them, and bowed himself to the ground seven times, and he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. And now jumping to verses 8 and 9, listen to this. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I have met? And he said, These are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, throughout this chapter in the uh, particular segment called Rebecca. We we have had lots of scheming. We've had deceiving. We've had brothers plotting. We have had brothers uh, really at odds. Mom is certainly in the middle of this. It, it has just been one big soap opera. Jumping forward uh, as we've kind of built in this particular family drama we have this this conclusion where uh, the brothers are uh, very uh, very um the word that I'm looking for is uh, gracefully uh, reconcile in their own way. Uh, there's there's redemption. That's what I was looking for. There there's this redemptive act of of embrace instead of bloodshed. There and, and that that really speaks to the to the book of Genesis, where uh, throughout we see both conflict, we see controversy, we see all of the, the sin of man, but, but what, what it leads us to is something uh, that is very redemptive. So in this very first book, of uh, god's word i I believe that it is projecting uh, us to uh, the person that is jesus christ and ultimately to the end book the book of revelation where christ comes uh, and is ultimately victorious over not only the world but the devil himself so we we see in these uh, early books, this this particular chapter, a very redemptive act after uh, just a series of of sinfulness and brokenness. So uh, the, it, it c- helps to capture that in uh, Genesis thirty three. What what I wanted to do is offer some of uh, Ms. Bream's words here that uh, says it uh, quite beautifully here. So I am turning to page one hundred six. Uh, and i want to quote here just this this paragraph that i thought really helps to kind of sum up things uh, and i quote here what would jacob and esau's lives have been like if they had not been divided by their parents favoritism and rebecca's destructive trickery there it is right there deceptive nature Perhaps their reconciliation could have come much sooner. Esau's redemption beautifully illustrates how with humility and repentance, even the worst betrayals can in fact be overcome. This brotherly reunion came despite their mother's efforts, not because of them. Selfish to the end, Rebekah had told Jacob that he needed to flee Esau's wrath so that she would not lose both her sons in one day. She saw the consequences only through the lens of what would happen to her, and she focused solely on her own potential grief and sorrow. She was, in fact, blind to Isaac's anguish and to Esau's and even to Jacob's as well. She had seen in Jacob a receptacle, For her own hopes and dreams. And she had pushed him to become who she desired him to be. Rebecca assumed that if Jacob was going to get ahead, it was up to her. She refused to surrender her child's well-being to God. She was unwilling to let his promises come to fruition without her meddling. Far too many of us are tempted to dabble with this path instead of trusting in God's unwavering ability to accomplish what He promised. Good words there. So, se- several things, just themes that uh, kind of help to. Uh, to wrap up this uh, this th- this particular chapter, it's really a monumental uh, chapter, both in length and what what it addresses. But but ultimately, one's own destiny and how uh, God plays a significant role in that. Uh, certainly the. Theme of patience and, and waiting on God, and, and then two. Let let me just let me just mention this uh, one more time here because I thought it was so poignant. Here, she, that being Rebecca, refused to surrender her child's well-being to God, and, and I would say too, uh, our own well-being to God. Are are we ultimately willing? Willing truly willing to surrender, to get on our knees, and to surrender our lives, our children, um, uh, our own willpower unto God? Really a fundamental question, and, and, and something that we really need to come to grips with, come to terms with uh really need to be asking ourselves as people of faith are we really really truly going to surrender or are we not uh, that that is truly a, a a question uh for every person of faith so i i want to i want to leave it there but a but a lot here that um is to be uh, uncovered and, and unpacked, but what a what a great what a great chapter there. So what we're going to do for next week is turn to uh, the chapter about Bathsheba, and we will uh, begin to explore that chapter, uh, who she was, and certainly the context behind uh, her story. As well, so let's uh, let's put to prayer uh, surrender. Uh, let's put to prayer surrendering our own lives, our our families' lives unto God, and we'll end it there. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, what a what a powerful story, Lord. Because in this story, we're really talking about people, Lord. It's a story that shares lives. Uh, Uh, that really are are mirrors, Lord, into our own lives and into our own situations and into our own relationships with family members. Maybe uh, this story is our story, our exact story, detail for detail, Lord, the uh, sin, the treachery, the uh, deception, Lord. Uh, the redemption, the surrender, the um, redemptive embrace, Lord. Maybe, maybe that's the beginning of our story. Maybe that's the middle of our story, or the end of our story. Somewhere, Lord, uh, we can relate in this. Uh, family drama, Lord, uh, to the book of Genesis. So, it, uh, if it is, Lord, let us let us put to prayer, Lord, what it means to fully surrender. Let let us put to prayer, Lord, our own well-being, our, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren's well-being, giving that ultimately to you. For for we cannot live life fully, Lord, without you. There's this God-sized hole in our soul that ultimately the world can never fulfill, but only you can. So, Lord, let us know that. Let us embrace that. And let us um, surrender, ultimately, to that divine reality. In all things, we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Church, have a wonderful day. Take care. God bless you. Go back and read as much of Genesis as you possibly can because this story really, truly is our story. Take care. Bye-bye.